Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 131 of the WW Bro Podcast with me, your host, comedian Anthony DiDomenico, coming to you live every Monday night on Facebook. But the podcast is always available at www.bropodcast.podbean.com, as well as on iTunes. And please don't forget to five-star rate and review. I love reading all those reviews and sharing them on social media. And the podcast is also available on all podcast platforms as well. Also, guys, I've had guests on all week. I mean, all, all month. So I've been doing bonus episodes. There'll be another bonus episode this Wednesday. And to be... Able to get the bonus episodes, you have to become a Patreon member. Easy way to do it, patreon.com slash podcast, And you have access to all the bonus episodes and upcoming bonus episodes. I have a very special guest today, and uh, I'm not going to leave him waiting. And I want to get right to it because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about today. So let me introduce my friend John, better known on Instagram as J-Ops Journey. J- John, how are you doing today? What's going on, cuz? How's everything? Thank you I'm, for having me on. No problem. I'm hanging in there. How's, uh, how are you doing during this pandemic? Are you surviving? Uh, you know, we're still here, right? Yeah, I miss <laughs> so we can explore. <laughs> that's right. I guess that's it. I talk to everybody. It's the same thing. How you doing? Ah, I'm still breathing. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's a good thing, right? I went, I went to work today. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I've been working this whole time. Have you? Yeah, no, I have not stopped. Yeah, I've been non. It's it's crazy. Like, I'm in a generator business. Uh, my day job, um, comedy stopped for a long time, so that was gone. So I'm right. gonna come back now. But my day job has been around. So like, I, I haven't I haven't stopped. I haven't been furloughed or anything. So I'm lucky in that sense. Yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, it just seems like they took away all the fun things in my life. So I still have to wake up and go to work every day. But I can't go to the gym. I can't train for wrestling. There's no wrestling matches. There's nothing that I actually like to enjoy to do. But I still got to wake up every morning and go to work. Yeah, see, and you're still young, so you probably like to go out and have fun. See, that's all over for me. I'm old. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> so this is kind of, I've been training for this pandemic for a while now. I, I, I had my fun. You know, in my early 20s, I was a club promoter for a really long time. So I, I've been there, I've done that. Now I'm not really into like going out too much. The bottle service thing is over for me. So <laughs> it's what it, it is, what it is. So you, you're a promoter for clubs? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was a club promoter for about seven years. What, what were clubs? I did uh, Spa Fridays, Aura Saturdays, uh, Stereo Friday, uh, yeah, Stereo Saturdays, excuse me. Um, I did a lot of Long Beach stuff. I did Bridgeview. I was everywhere. Oh, wow. See, I, I, I've heard of those places. I was never a club person as far as going to clubs and, and, and doing that kind of stuff. Right. Um, really, the only time I went out was, was comedy shows. I, that most, you know, was mostly any, from Wednesday to Sunday. That was what I was doing at night. Um, but never was a big club guy. I used to go to bars with my friends, but I, I don't like that music, but that pumping right. music makes me want to like, you know, get angry and like, you know, hit people. It, so listen, it was, it was great money. So it is what it is. I didn't, I wasn't a fan of house music either. I'm a hip hop guy myself. Okay. But... I'll, I'll do it for money. I mean, I'll do anything for money. Yeah, That's, yeah, I'm pretty, money. Exactly. <laughs> pretty low standard of what will go on for, for with, with money <laughs> and stuff like that. At this point, it right. starts up here. And then as the years go on, it gets lower and lower and lower. It's like, it's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so pretty interesting. How'd you get into wrestling, by the way? Because uh, you were probably a fan to begin with, right? I was a fan my entire life, um, and it was just something that I always promised myself as a as a kid that if I could lose the weight and save my own life, then I owed it to myself to go to wrestling school. So, going on four years now, I mean, here we are. I so, haven't really scratched the surface of anything that I want to do, but we're we're here. Well, I mean, nothing happens overnight. Like you know, we right. were talking before the show started, and I've been doing comedy ten years. So, I mean, it's, it's anything 
like I think that like comedy or acting sing anything where like you're in the arts like that it does take a long time because it's a long time to, to get good and right. to really get to that point where you want to put that product out there so you said you that was a kind of your present to losing the weight um if anybody here doesn't really know your journey uh how long ago did you start that uh my journey really started towards about the tail end of 2015 and uh, how old are you around that time i was 22 years old 22 years old so you reset Around the time I first started, like when I first, I was 23 and that's yeah. what, you know, I love watching what you're doing because it's almost like if I had stuck with it, that's what it, right. you know, cause you're doing it four years. I, I, I was about two and it kind of fell off. So I, that's why I love watching what you're doing and seeing everything. It's like, Oh my God, this could have been me if I would have stuck with it. And I'm like, yeah, it could have been, be you. No, it, is, it could be, it's going to be me, but I'm just saying yeah, exactly. like, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you're on tonight because like, it's almost like. Talking to my younger son, but you know, you, this is, you know, if anybody's listening that's younger and, you know, it's important to get a hold of it, especially then, because like me, I'm going to be 41. I got a hold of this about 39. So, right. you know, I already started having the issues that you have with your knees and your back and, and all that, that stuff. So it's, it's awesome that you got that hold at, at 22. And what was like the, the breaking point that you're like, okay, I, I have to do this? Honestly, I mean, if we could just take it back for a second. Um, so let me let me set the stage for you a little sure. bit. You're a baseball fan, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well you're you're a Yankee fan, unfortunately. I'm a Mets fan. Well, so can't be perfect. Remember... I, I I'll forgive you. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. So do you uh, do you remember October 2015, the playoff run the Mets had? Yes, very well. Do you do you specifically remember the fuck chase out the game? Oh, excuse me. I apologize. Okay. I cursed. Oh, it's already. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I you talk baseball is passionate. I get the same way yeah. with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. So do you know the game that I'm referring to? Yes, I do. Okay. So it was the night of that game. I was getting ready to watch the baseball game with my father. Uh, I was uh, I had a cold at the time. So I have really bad asthma my whole entire life since birth. Any kind of little cold, you know, little sickness would kind of flare up my asthma. And then the next thing you know, I'd be in ICU for two weeks oh and my that whole spiel. So on this particular night, I'm getting ready to watch the Met game. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little sick. I'm, I'm not that bad. And my stepmom comes to the room and she goes, you know, why don't you just put some Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest? So you're Italian, like I'm Italian, yeah. Vicks Vapor Rub. That's like magic potion, you know, it cures everything. You got tuberculosis, don't worry, Vicks Vapor Rub is going to take care of it. My grandmother so, would put that on it all the time. She'd rub it on your chest. Right, yeah. exactly. So she, she'd put a little schmear on my chest and I'm sitting there, whatever. The next thing I know, my lungs totally lock up, like abnormally. This is not good. And I remember sitting on the edge of my bed and just sweat pouring down my face. Now I'm like 510 pounds at this time. So I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. Like I, I know when I'm having an asthma attack and I know when I'm, I'm kind of screwed. Yeah. So, so my, I remember my father was passing my bedroom door and I, and I remember just kind of mustering up enough to just be like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. So I called blue in my, in my living room. Oh my God. My At 22 yeah. years old. At 22 years old. I called blue in front of my entire family. You know, I'm, I'm going in and out of consciousness. Uh, the EMT comes, whatever. They're, they're giving me nebulizer treatments. They're, you're, um, they're strapping me up to a stretcher. Uh, at this point, an EMT looks me dead in the eye and goes, I'm so sorry. So I'm like, oh. yeah, what? I'm like, what? So turns out no one on the scene was ALS certified. So for those listening, if you don't know what ALS certification is, basically no one on scene was allowed to administer epinephrine. If you don't know what epinephrine is, it's basically natural, um, uh, excuse me, um, it's uh, 
wow, I totally just lost my train of thought. It's that's all right. It's natural adrenaline. If, do you know what an EpiPen is? It's an EpiPen. Yeah, I've seen Pulp Fiction. Yeah, something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Thing in the so heart. They, okay. Exactly. So, well, it really goes in the thigh, but <laughs> <laughs> they weren't they weren't allowed to give it to me. So basically, they thought that that was it. So I'm in the back of an ambulance. I'm floating in and out of consciousness. I had just lost my grandmother about less than a year prior. Um, she was my best friend in the whole entire world. So I just remember staring at this clock on the wall in the back of the ambulance and just praying to my grandmother, praying to God, praying to whoever you believe in, and basically just begging for another chance, pleading and begging for another chance. Um, you know, and about an hour and a half later, I woke up in St. Joseph's Hospital strapped up to a uh, BiPAP machine. Wow. So, that's crazy. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. You see, and I think that's what I think made me wait so long is because I never had that moment. Like my, my friend, John Ziegler, another very funny comedian, he calls me a freak of nature because I was overweight for so long and had, you know, I, when I'm my heaviest, I was 583 right. and you know, that's 17 pounds from 600. I, right. I never had, like I had, I had bad knees before I really got too heavy because I, you know, I, I was, uh, I heard myself playing football and I had a bad back from a car accident. So these things were, but it was brought on from the weight, the extra, but I never had that moment where like, like, like you said that, and I thought eventually I was going to have one. That's why, you know, well, I've definitely, I've definitely had more of those that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not proud to admit how many times I've, you know, encountered death. It was just, that one was just like the closest. That was, was. Okay. Well, having asthma and being overweight. Yeah. Oh, that was that so. Was a struggle you think itself. about it now, like what what's going on in the world with COVID nineteen and attacking people with respiratory issues, especially overweight people. I mean, you you saved your life again. You think about it, right? Oh yeah, no. I mean, I've had that conversation. I've had that conversation with my friends and my family. Like, if this was four years ago, five years ago, I was not surviving this pandemic, and I there's just no way around it. You, I would get sick so often. Man, my immune system was so shot. That I would have just, I would have picked it up. I would have been one of the first to go. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would have been one of the first. I feel that about myself too. Like I definitely would have gotten sick and it probably would have yeah. been bad if I was at, because if I was going the way I was going, one, I don't know if I'd be here at that this point, you know, right. going into my forties. Uh, but I would definitely be over 600 pounds if I was going the way I was going. And if I got that, um, we have, we have a mutual friend, Gormy. Um, right. And he was telling me when he, when he first started doing his journey, he had pneumonia and the yes. doctor told him that it was the extra weight on your body, pushing it on your lungs. That really is, is one of the issues. And I think about that now with COVID and what's going on that even like, you know, they're saying that people, uh, maybe they don't have underlying symptoms, but they are overweight. That is an underlying symptom being, even yeah, exactly. if you have nothing, I mean, just right. the extra weight pushing on your lungs is not healthy. Right. So that, that's awesome, man. And, so what, what did you, you know, I do WW. That's, that's what I do. And, you know, again, this is not a podcast for only people that do that. And it's, I like to right. actually have people that do different things. So what was the system or program that you used to drop the weight? Man, I mean, like I said before, I, I was morbidly obese my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. So I did WW as a kid, you know, when Weight Watchers was young, man, when you used to have to have a book to go out to eat, to go to certain places. The they slide tracker, right? Yeah, bro. <laughs> That's old school. Bro. It was great. I had everything. I was on the South Beach diet. I was. I did Jenny Craig for a little while. I did everything. Um, so it got to the point where, like, I kind of just gave up on trying. You know what I mean? Because 
um, I got this old, like I had this old school mentality of, you know, you go on a diet and the second you start a diet, you wait for it to be over. Yes. And that's not like how, that's not how you should live. And, you know, later on in life, and I'm sure we'll get to this later on in the podcast, but later on in life, you know, I had to actually teach myself that, you know, a diet is a fake thing. You yes, know, it is. The, the key word to diet is die. Mm-hmm. So I don't want that. I, I don't want to die. It's a lifestyle change. And the key word of lifestyle change is life. It's forever. You know, it's, it's long term. It, it, it lasts or as long as you want it to last. That's your lifestyle. So when I had that event happen to me in my house and, you know, God gave me the second chance and whatever out there did, you know, um, I took it very seriously. I took it a, the most serious I ever took in my life. Um, you know, I started. So the first thing that I did, I uh, got enrolled into a pulmonary rehab facility Okay. because my asthma was so bad. My weight was so bad that I could do literally close to nothing. So I joined this this uh, this pulmonary rehab facility called Oxygen. So I'm in there maybe three days a week. Now, this is a facility that is strictly only for elderly people that had suffered heart attacks, strokes, had been in car accidents that were just trying to get back on their feet, going back to life. So I'm the youngest guy in there. Okay. Uh, and I'm the biggest guy in there as well. <laughs> so I'm in there for a couple of weeks now. I'm not going to lie to you. There was times where I would tell, you know, my, my family, everybody back at home, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to the gym. I'm going right now. And I would, you know, stop at Dunkin' Donuts, go get something to eat, go get a coffee, pull up to, pull up to the Oxy gym, eat my food in my car, take a 45 minute to an hour nap and then drive to work and act like I went to the gym. You know what I mean? So then I was like, you know what? You kind of got to take this seriously. You were given this second shot. So, all right. I start going. I start going inside. And I remember specifically one day I'm on a treadmill and I'm going 1.5 on the treadmill. And I have an elderly woman to the right of me and an elderly man to the left of me. Now I'm talking, they got to be 85 and 90. And they're chugging, bro. Yeah. Like they're glowing. Like you think that they're running a Boston Marathon right now. That's the same and, thing I had when I first went back to the gym, like when I first started, and I was next to two old people at Planet Fitness, and they were blowing me out of the water. I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah bro. So yeah. I'm sitting there, and, I, and I'm looking over at them, and I'm like, man, like I can't, I'm not going to make any growth here. You know what I mean? Like there's no one around me my age. No one's doing what I need to be doing. You know, going on this treadmill, riding that little fan bike, it's not doing anything for me. So my uncle had went to a local gym by my house. Um, he met a trainer over there. It just so happened that me and him went to the same high school. He's, okay. uh, two, he's two years younger than I am. Uh, he himself had lost 120 pounds naturally. Um, so, you know, my uncle Lou comes to me. He goes, hey, listen, I want you to come meet this kid. Come down to the gym. Now, I didn't want to go to no gym, man. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to be seen, especially because so many kids from high school went there. So Absolutely. many people, you know, everyone I knew went there. Yeah. So I finally, I, I grew a pair and, and I showed up one day and to make a long story short, me and Steve absolutely hit it off. My trainer's name is Steve. Uh, me and Steve absolutely hit it off. It was like, you know, we were two peas in a pod. Now we, we, we knew of each other in high school. We used to joke around. We used to call each other, you know, Italian cousins. Cause like we'd say hello to each other in the hallway after Easter. How's your Easter? How's your Christmas? How's everything? How's your family? And then that was it. And then we wouldn't talk to each other. So then we became thick as thieves. We were best friends. Um, and we started working. We were working super, super hard. Um, I had gotten down probably, I'd lost about 88 pounds or so. So at this point, my asthma is still really bad. Now you have to remember at this point, I'm still in the upper fours. Yeah. So my asthma is still terribly bad for every five pounds I would lose. I'd end up back in the hospital. I'd be put back on prednisone, 
which was the main contributor to my weight gain. Um, I was on prednisone for 13 years straight. Uh, if you don't know prednisone, it's a steroid. You're only supposed to be on it for about two weeks at a time, and I was on it for 13 years straight, no breaks. So that's great. That's uh, you fighting an uphill battle right there. Right, yeah. exactly. So basically, it was just nothing but a double-edged sword. You know, you would lose five pounds, end up back in the hospital, put on the prednisone, put on 20 pounds. So I got it down to like I was like 88 pounds down finally. Uh, I went to the doctor. My doctor turns around to me and goes, listen, John, you're doing a fantastic job. But 88 pounds in the long scheme of things is not a is not anything. It's not it's not a dent. Um, the best thing that I can recommend for you is weight loss surgery. Okay. Um, now, I was never a fan of weight loss surgery. I had read up a lot about it when I was younger just because I, I like many Americans, looked at weight loss surgery as a get-fixed-quick type of thing. You know, once you get the surgery, you're perfect. Nothing will ever go wrong. It is what it is, and I didn't want that. I did not want people to look at me and be like, that kid got weight loss surgery. That's the only reason why he could do it. You know, he's a fraud. He's a phony. Screw that guy. Well, my doctor literally said, listen, John, if you don't get this surgery, you're going to keep having asthma attacks. You're going to keep putting on weight, and you're going to die. So what do you what do you want to do here? So I, I what did I do? I, I had to go get the surgery. So I got the surgery. Uh, I got the surgery November fourteenth, two thousand sixteen. Okay. Uh, that day changed my life forever. Uh, not because I had three quarters of my stomach taken out. That whole transformation because of me having the surgery actually changed my mental mind state more than it did my physical. Uh, you know, having the stomach removed and the restriction of food is one thing. Um, that only lasts for so long. You know, that's what people don't understand. I'm, you know, I'm almost five years out now. Uh, I could probably eat almost as much as a regular human, you know, normal guy who hasn't had anything done. Yeah. I could, I could eat basically the same thing he could eat. Um, that's, that's right. I've heard that before. My, I had my buddy Jay on a couple of weeks ago. He does the lighter side podcast. If you haven't, you should check it out. Cause he also had weight loss surgery and he tried everything like the same thing. You try weight watchers, everything else. Yeah. And he was saying the same thing that he has still what people don't understand is you still have to put the work in. Oh, yeah. You a thousand percent have to put the work. And he said the same thing. Like people looked at him like he was getting, you know, it's the easy way out. And that's what people perceive it. But if you don't put the work in, you don't change your mind and what's going on up there. You're going to end up right where you were before. Exactly. And, you know, when when people when people DM me, you know, they ask me all the time their my advice on weight loss surgery you know, four or five years ago, six years ago, I would have told you don't do it. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's an easy way out. You should you should leave this earth the same way God put you on this earth, this, that, and the third. Uh, now, if you're in that point where you have literally tried everything, like you've tried it all, uh, and you have not talked to somebody about bariatric surgery, mm-hmm. definitely have that conversation, but only if you are in the right mind state to actually make change. If you are not ready to make change, I don't care what you do to your body. I don't care what you put yourself through. You will go back to exactly how you are right now. Yeah. I've been saying that uh, since the day I started this podcast. Cause for me, that's yeah. what, it, that's what it was. That's when I walked back into WW on May 1st, 2017, I, I changed my, the way I thought about weight loss and that it wasn't a diet. Like you're saying, because it, right. like you said, a diet, you, you start it, you end it. Diet something you do. To lose 10 pounds to fit into a wedding dress to, exactly. you know, put a bathing in it, going down a pan size. That's a diet to me. And what I had to do was change my whole way of life and my whole way of thinking about food, about just exercise, about everything into healthy living. Right. And it's actually helped me now that I'm, that, you know, the scale's not going the way I want it to go. 
Um, but I keep on doing more and I keep on, you know, fighting. And if right. this, if this was years ago, I would have given up already a long time ago. Exactly. No, I, I, I feel you a thousand percent. Listen, and I tell this to people all the time. I'd rather fail a thousand times than yeah. give up once. Absolutely. Cause the, the, if you're failing, you're trying and you, you're pushing right. through it. And that's, that's the main thing. So you had the surgery 2016 and how much are you down total? So as of today, I'm down 272 pounds. That's amazing. That is Thank you. absolutely amazing. 272 pounds. That's like two people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they tell me. That I'm amazing. I mean, how, how does that feel? Night and day. Night and day, right? Because I get that question about losing 200 pounds. Yeah. Like, how does it feel? I'm like, how does it feel? I've, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. I can actually move. I can do things. Uh, yeah, I can move. I can tie my shoes. Like, I, I don't know if you did this when you were when you were really heavy, but like, Fat people don't tie their shoes, okay? Fat people will take their shoe off their foot, tie it on their kneecap, and then slip the shoe back on. Yeah. I, okay, that, that's how a fat person ties their shoes. Well, at least morbidly obese, over 500 pounds. I did. I would, I would tie it, and then, I like, and then like if it wasn't right, I'd have to pick it up, and I would be, like, sweating. Yeah. Like, going oh, yeah, back yeah, yeah, and yeah. forth. I, I mean, I, I still, like, just slip them on, slip them off now. It's just habit. Like, oh, so like, why? It's a straight habit. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, without I can bend doubt. over. But when I get them now, when I first tie them, I can bend over and tie them. That's the thing. But, yeah, you get those 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 fat habits that stay with you forever. It's like yeah, hard like to holding, break. Or holding your breath when you bend over. That's another thing. Yes. Great. I'm what like, what am I doing? Do I why am I holding my breath? Yeah, why am I holding my breath? Like, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on right now. It's like you go into the water, like, one, two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you don't hold your breath, you're going to get lightheaded. They don't realize that. Yeah, ex- exactly. And so, but you know what I don't miss? I don't miss taking. I don't. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can. I don't miss taking a shower and coming out still sweating. Like, do do you remember ever taking yeah, a shower and coming yes. out still hot as hell? Oh my god! I'd be, I'd be like, why am I sweating? I just took a shower, and in yeah. the summer I would take colder showers. Right. Yeah. Where I'd be like cold, and I'd be actually cold, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna come out, and I'd be coming out, I'm brushing my hair, and I'm sweating. I'm like, what am I doing? Yes. Yeah. Like I, I wrote a I wrote a joke today that like you know I, I'm gonna go out outdoor dining during this heat wave because I miss sweating while I eat. Yeah, I saw that. I love that. Yeah, I, because, I literally felt that because I I mean I remember my my cousin be like why are you sweating because I just and my excuse was oh I just played basketball I'm like no I didn't <laughs> <laughs> like I was outside playing basketball I'm like no you weren't we were together this whole time I'm like I played well, basketball. Like literally I had friends that used to call me Johnny handkerchief because like I used to have four <laughs> handkerchiefs in my pocket, 17 bar napkins. Like I wouldn't go anywhere without my rag. Yeah. Like it was bad. I would sweat constantly all the time. And no, when listen, when you're 500 pounds and you know you're 500 pounds, nobody wants to be the big, fat, smelly guy. No, you know I, I am. I, I was very – my mother told me like when I was younger because I was always overweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said to me, like, like Anthony, you know, you're, you're bigger than the other kids, and you got to sweat. You got to nope. take care of these things. You got to wash. Make nope. sure you get in the areas. She always tell yep. like, you know, I'm like, I didn't know what she was talking about at first. But then you get yep. around other big kids that stink, and you're like, okay, I know exactly bro, what she's talking exactly about. exactly what she talked about. Yeah, bro. All the time, man. All the time. I know exactly what that is. Because in the comedy world, you know, you're around some bigger comics as well, and some of them stink. And I'm always like, guys, if I stink like that, you have to tell me. I have to know. It's like a, a, like a passion of mine. I have to know yes. if I stink. Yes, man. I mean, I, it, it's a sin to say, but like me and my buddies would be out, and there'd be someone else who was, you know, just as big as I am. And we passed them, and I, and I would literally look at my friends <laughs> once we got past them and be like, listen, if I ever look disheveled, <laughs> or if I ever smell, or I'm, or I'm ever sweating like that, you have to take me to the side and smack me. 
because I that is not how we operate. Yeah, my hair was always done no matter what. Like my hair was like I think my, I worried about my hair more because like really the only my thing hair. that was the only thing that looked good. That's the only thing I could really control is like going to the barber and like getting a nice haircut and like okay, there it is. This there is it. it from here up. Yep. It's 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 the and money. Then, like it's. And then you take the fat guy selfie where you have to tilt the, the camera up like that so you only get the one shin. Yeah. yeah, I know. You're like every picture's got to be up high. You're like, let's take a picture yeah. like this. It's yeah. it, it's funny now because like I I see myself. You know, it's, I we I, we always we'll always see ourselves as that 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 big guy. I oh, think. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when I take a picture now, I'm looking at it. And I you know I'm like oh, but then like I take the picture. I'm like no, it's not that bad. I mean I got like you know I noticed like I'm getting the old man turkey neck from like because my well first my face was swollen. Right. And I have excess skin on my face now, too, which is crazy. But yeah. I'd rather have that. You know, I look at my excess skin. Like, I, I'm starting to get a lot of it, and it's starting to get, like, a little little crazy. But I'd rather have that than have it filled with 200 pounds of, uh, exactly. you know, no more pillow Bullshit. stink. Yeah. Is that something we should know about with you? What's that? Um, somebody, Elise said no more pillow stink. I don't know what that means. Oh, that's my mother. How you doing, ma? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I guess not. (laughs) Because I was sweating. Sweat, all my pillows were stained yellow. I guess I should kind of look at who's writing what in this chat, huh? Well, yeah, I just, (laughs) your your, your mom calls you out on that. I didn't know if that was somebody that knew you or, or not. But yeah, it's true. Like, you know, I remember like being so hot at night and... It what really hit me, like where I knew that what I was doing was working as far as with the temperature. Right. Was at work, I always complained no matter what time of year it was that it was too hot. Either it was yeah. the winter, they put the heat on too much, or the AC on. And one winter, I, I asked my office manager to, to turn the heat up because I was cold. And she was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you serious? Because you tortured us for years that it's too hot to you froze us out for years and now you want me to to turn it up are you kidding me and she's like we all knew what it was we all knew what it was but they didn't say nice enough they didn't say it but right i I don't feel the heat like i used to like now this weekend i mean you you live in long island with you know with me or gormy wants me to say new york uh so i'll say new york for gormy um you know how hot it was this weekend. It was unbearable. Yeah. I was sitting outside all weekend. I was fine. Yeah, it's crazy because now, like, the super hot weather is not that bad for me. It, uh, it's hot. Like, I'm complaining cold, about it. Yeah. yeah. When it gets cold, though, I, I 1,000% feel it now. And my friends, they, they, break, my, they break my chops now because uh, I was the guy who had his air conditioning on in his car in the middle of December, you know, by Christmas time. I had my windows open. I had, you know, I had my friend Pasquale back in the day. He, he was literally like a toothpick. Yeah. And I used to freeze this kid out in my car, dude. Like, <laughs> he used to dread coming anywhere with me. He used to come, three coats on, an overcoat, one hoodie, hood up. Like, all right, where are we going? Like, yeah, dude, I tortured this kid, bro. I froze him out. And now it's funny because, like, I'm cold all the time. Yeah. So like I'll be I'll be sitting with my buddies and they'll be perfectly fine. I'm like, yo, can we like turn on some heat? Like, uh, you know, I'm cutting ice over here. And they're like, no, like you tortured us. You could freeze for a couple of years. Yeah, I I um I feel the cold, too. And it's weird because I'm at my brother's house yesterday and he's, he keeps a cold in his house. Right. And I had put a I put like a blanket. There's a blanket on the couch. I put the blanket on and then and, and fell asleep for a little bit. Like, I need to be warm. And I that <laughs> never happened to me. And. I find now that, like, you know, as 
as I lose weight and as this keeps going on and, and as I think getting healthier, I, I feel that more. And it's, it's, it's weird because I, like I said, same thing. My air condition was, was on until December because it was, yeah. it was warm in the car. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't like heat. Now I'm like, I need that heat. Like as soon as I get in the car, it's like freezing, bro. Yeah. I never warmed up my car before I got this. I got out in the winter and I warm my car cause I have to get it. It has to be hot. I use my, when I first bought my car, this is before I even started losing weight. It was four years ago. They had heated seats. I never used them until last year. Really? Yeah. Now the heat. Oh, and the, they go on <laughs> full blast. Yeah. It's like, I need that. I need that warmth now. Yeah, and bro, think- this, was, this was like the first winter I wore a t-shirt under my hoodie. Like I wore two t-shirts under a hoodie this year. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like times have changed. Yeah. I wore a jacket like all winter this year. I never, and I never used in high school. I never wore a jacket. Right. Yeah. No, neither did I. Because one, I hated driving with it because I felt yes. it was more bulk and they don't just like, you know, I was already like, I felt like I couldn't move my arms. Like yeah. Yeah. It's like, rah, rah, rah. so I'm like, I, I, I could, I never wore the jacket for that reason. And then I was never comfortable in it. And it was always too warm. Yeah. So you went from, you lost 272, you're down 272. Right. And now you want to chase your dream. You want to become a professional wrestler. Correct. So what school did you uh, join? I joined the uh, NYWC. I know. I've been to a lot of shows there. Uh, my buddy Dan Barry's a, a professional wrestler. I've yes. seen him there a bunch of times. I take my nephews now to those shows. Uh, how were you down the full amount when you joined, or was it like along no, the way? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, I was still probably probably about 100 to 125 pounds heavier than I am right now. And doing wrestling worked. training. That's it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was nuts. Um, so, like, when I started, like I said earlier, I, I didn't really have like a weight goal that I wanted. Like there mm-hmm. was no real number that I could just pull out of thin air because that number changed so many times. But when I first met Steve, I looked at him and I go, listen, I don't have a goal weight. My goal weight is to be healthy enough to survive wrestling school. Okay. And he goes, and he goes, what? And I go, that is what I want to do. My goal weight is to go, walk into a wrestling school and be confident in the fact that if I do one drill, I'm not going to drop dead on the floor right there and embarrass myself. And he goes, all right. So we worked out together for probably two and a half to three years before I could actually comfortably say that I was ready for that. And then, yeah, about probably about two and a half years. So you're ready. You you join up. You go in. Was it what you did? You train it like anything you expected, or was it like I'm? Well, I I was always that. I was that mark. That kind of uh, I hung outside at one WC when I used to go there. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to one time when I, when I was really confident in the fact when I was in high school, I was super confident in the fact that this, what I, this is what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Like I was, and I, and I didn't care that I was so unhealthy. So I grabbed three of my, three of my other buddies who were really big wrestling fans. And I was like, listen, we're going to go to this school and we're going to talk to them about me joining. And they were like, all right, yeah, let's go. Like, come on. So we get in the car, we drive over to Deer Park. We pull up, I walk in the building, you know, I meet everybody. And, uh, they're doing, uh, they're doing 750 sit-ups, okay? Oh. <laughs> and I'm sitting in a room, and I'm watching these guys do 750 <laughs> sit-ups. So they do their 750 sit-ups, and then they do, I think they did that day, like two, 200 squats, right? And that was, just, that was just like maybe 15, 20 minutes of cardio, you know? This was not them in the ring. This was not, no, 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 no. This was just the cardio that they did. That's just the cardio. So, oh, my so God. So my buddy, my, my buddy looks at me and he goes, uh, are you sure? Are you really sure you want to do this? <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, no, absolutely. This, this is exactly what I want to do. So now, like, I'm, I'm in my own head now. Like, you're not going to be able to survive this. Like, you're absolutely out of your bird. So, you know, time went by. I just kept putting it off. I kept putting it off. I kept putting it off. 
And then um, I kept in contact with uh, Bull James over there for a really long time. Okay. You know, we, we had gotten a little close and he would text me, you know, he would DM me on Instagram every now and again and be like, hey, you co- you're going to come join. Are you coming down? When are you going to come join? <clears throat> so then it got to the point where uh, I was ready and I was just kind of like mentally putting it off on myself. And I don't know if it was because I didn't believe in myself, if I couldn't believe that the time had already come, that I was okay with doing this. So one day he hit me up and he goes, so you ever going to come down here? And I'm like, you know what? I'll be there Tuesday. I got in my car. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was Memorial Day weekend. I got in my car. I went to the store. I bought my yoga mat. I bought my wrestling shoes and I bought my jump rope. And the rest is literally history. That's awesome. And it's got to feel good uh, following a dream and actually doing it. I mean, I, yeah. I know that from uh, maybe it wasn't the best thing for my, my, my health and my weight loss. Comedy, you don't need any of that stuff. You can just go yeah. in and be as unhealthy as you want to be. And Listen, um, I always wanted to do comedy, so I, I'm, I'm pretty jealous, you know? Eh, it's not. What it... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome. It just really, uh, this pandemic... Put a big damper yeah. on it, but it's coming back now. But it's um, it's the pandemic. It's the world. It's you know a lot of things. Are, you have a lot of roadblocks of what you can yeah. do. But you know uh, this this medium has been awesome as far as podcasting. That I've really I've been doing this the whole the whole time. So I've been somewhat creative, which is I, yeah, I need an outlet. And awesome. like you, so no wrestling at all. Not even the schools or anything opening back up in phase four. No. I mean, we're, we're going to see what happens. We were waiting for phase four. We were told initially it was when, you know, the first phase four, a, I yeah. guess, I don't know what almost calling it now. I don't know what, what, what phase are we up to? 775. Like, yeah, I, I we're know. up to that. Yeah. And it's just going to keep on going. So I don't, I don't know really. Cause like we fall under such an odd category. Cause like we're a sport in the eyes of the athletic commission, but we're not a sport in the eyes of the government. We're like theatrics. I get that. Like it's, yeah, well uh, that's what, you know, back in the day, Vince McMahon, you know, had that, that he actually was the first promoter to say, no, this is sports entertainment. Right. Exactly. Cause he wanted but to get it, out of the whole, cause he wanted to get around the whole, uh, commission. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, so, under New York state, it's still a sport. We mm-hmm. still have to deal with the New York athletic commission and all that. We have to be up to code and, yeah, so we're a sport, guys. Wrestling is really a sport, and it's real. Well, I mean, you know what it is? It's it's athletic, and it's 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 like I tell people because I'm a, I'm a big wrestling fan, so I always I always uh, defend it. It's a sport in the sense that you are being very physical. It's 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 you're running, yeah. you're jumping, you're you're doing these moves, and yeah, it is predetermined. But real things can happen. I, you know, as my my buddy, my one of my best friends is Dan Barry, and I've seen injuries. I've seen him the next day walk into a comedy club with bruises and black eyes, yeah. and you yeah, know, then, barely can move his neck. So I, I know that there is a real a realness to it, dude. I I, I mean, um, on my twenty fifth birthday, literally on the day of my twenty fifth birthday, I was at training. We were just just training. Tore my meniscus. Needed surgery the next day. Yeah, ruined my whole twenty fifth birthday. Yeah. Now, uh, how have you had a lot of matches? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a decent amount of matches. I've been on a couple of shows. Um, I was really starting to pick up personal steam right before, you know, this pandemic hit, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, I had, you know, I started a whole brand new gimmick, was really testing the waters on it for a while. I had it on the shows, uh, had new new gear made, haven't been able to debut that yet. So what's your gimmick? Like, if you if you, if you, say if you want to give it away, but like, what is uh, or what, what is uh, your gimmick? Uh, so my name is Johnny the Body Levante. And I'm exactly everything that JRF's journey is not. <laughs> I, yep, I love it. And I and I am your inspiration. 
There we go. Right there. That's awesome. That That's yeah. awesome. So, like, what is this guy? Is he, like, a typical... He's like, a typical jerk-off. <laughs> typical Long Island guy, like you would see no, at a not club? Not so much Long Island, but, like, he's the he is the... All right, listen, I did it. You're over there. I'm over here. I'm doing what you want to do. And you're, you're just a fat slob, and you don't have the guts to, you know, do anything with your life. Do you use that as far as, like, your weight loss journey in your promos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's great. That's taking... And I'm starting to do that now with comedy, taking my losing weight and trying to putting into making jokes about it. Because for a while, I, I didn't joke about it because it's not a joke to me. But, right. you know, it is. Well, I'm that, very, that's how I was at first, too. Yeah. I was like, ah, I don't really know how I feel about taking this and kind of changing it. And then once I kind of, you know, put the puzzle pieces together and I was able to create you know, this, this person that was everything that I am not now. Yeah. It, it feels fantastic. <clears throat> like it, it mentally feels good. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it's very weird. It's just a very weird outlet. Well, I get it. Cause I've, I've made jokes about losing 200 pounds and still being, still being big. Right. And like, you know, cause my head's tiny and I make jokes about my tiny little head and my big body. And like, you know, and people sometimes are like, eh. I'm like, no, no, it's funny. You can laugh about it. Cause as a yeah. comedian, I'm very autobiographical. I always talk right. about, no matter what it is in my life, good or bad relationships, usually that's bad. Um, but that's usually, you know, and I talk about it and I make jokes about it and I don't see, I can see where you're now in wrestling where I think, you know, just as being a wrestling fan, a lot of the best, you know, characters, so to speak, come from someone's real life and what, what they are, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. A thousand percent. So that's, that's awesome. So have you, has anybody looked at you yet as far as any of the major promotions or it's too so early to no, it's, it's too it's too 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 soon too early right now you know i like i said i w- i was still making major transformations in my life yeah. while doing this so like you know i was like i said before i was actually injured right before the pandemic hit i was just coming back into uh, training okay so there's really so I literally bad timing had two to, yeah i had 2 to 3 weeks where i was finally back in training and then the pandemic hit yeah, it's it's crazy. Hopefully, it opens it back soon. You can get back to to wrestling again, and back people get back to wrestling. I mean, it's weird. This it's weird because you see some states that are open, and I I saw somebody at like a minor league baseball game the other day that I follow on Instagram, and I'm like, what's that? Really? Like? Yeah, down in George is open. I know somebody That's lives crazy. in Savannah. They were at a baseball game. That's crazy. I mean, I know that there is, there's definitely promotions running because I mean, I know people that have literally wrestled. I know people that wrestled this weekend yeah. in Atlantic City, but it's still. It's still kind of crazy, man. It, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, I did. I did a comedy show. I'm doing another one uh, August 16th at American Beauty Bar in Belmore. Oh, nice. Yeah, the cheap plug. Um, <laughs> but it's my show. Uh, <laughs> but it's outdoors. It, no, it's indoors. We did it indoors last time. Oh, good for you. Yeah, and I was happy because it was very hot and like that. <laughs> I was nervous enough. Like it was my first time on stage in four months, and I was right. I was rusty. It was bad. Yeah. And yeah, and, and I haven't been on stage since, so I don't think it's going to be any better, but it's 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 fun and I, I'm just getting back. It's like almost like starting over again. Right. Which you'll probably feel you might even like feel that a little bit as well getting oh, back yeah. into the ring and, and just like, you know, Not going enough. through the motions again. And you know, like you said mentioned before, like what are you doing? Like you can't go to the gym. What are you doing for exercise? Like what's your workouts like now? So, uh when when all this hit uh, obviously I went to, I was at the gym the day that Cuomo kind of cut us out from reality. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was literally at that moment where I had to make a decision whether to still be accountable to everything that I wanted to do, or if I was just going to use this pandemic as a, as a, an excuse, as a little break. Cause like when this all first started, 
we were told, hey, this isn't going to last more than two weeks. Yes. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, it is what it is. We're going to quarantine for 14 days. That's what we were told. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what we were told. We were going to quarantine for 14 days and then the world was going to be back to normal. <laughs> well, that was a lie. <laughs> that was a lie. So, uh, you know, on that day, I left the gym and I was kind of in a weird mental state, man. Like, I, I was very nervous. You know, I've been going to the gym basically every day for like the last four years. Like, the gym had become my second home away from home. You know, um, I didn't know what I was going to do without it. So I was just like, listen, you don't one. I don't work out alone. I know that that sounds really weird, but like I've worked with my trainer one on one for four years. That's my boy. I don't I don't yeah. choose to work out with anybody but him because honestly, I don't trust myself to do things properly. I'm going to be a man about it. And that's just that's just how it is. Um, so I was like, all right, listen, so the what you can do is walk. So you could walk for right now. Just walk. So it started out as a 5K a day. Okay. I made myself a promise. I was going to do a 5K every single day. Soon I figured out uh, that a 5K is absolutely not a lot and that now that I've lost 272 pounds, I could definitely do way more than that. So now it's become a 5K a day minimum. Um, most of the time I do five miles. You know, <clears throat> That's crazy. For those that don't That's know. Awesome. Yeah, for for those that don't know, a 5K is like 3.12 miles. Yes. So, um, so then I just started – I started doing a minimum of 5K a day. Then it moved up to like five miles a day. Um, then the first month of uh, quarantine kind of came and passed and we were still, you know, like what the hell is going on. So my, you know, meathead buddy decided <laughs> to build a whole gym in his backyard. So, you know, I started going to his backyard, you know, two to three days a week and still doing the 5K every single day. Now, am I getting the same quality workouts, you know, in his backyard than I would in a full gym? No, I'm not. No. But, you know, I'm keeping myself moving. Uh, I'm staying accountable to the things that I said that I was going to do. I'm still doing them. I'm still chasing my goals. I'm still following my dreams. So at the end of the day, I really can't be mad <clears throat> because if there's, an, if there's a will and there's an avenue, then I'm taking it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the name of the game. I, you have to stay accountable. I said it to myself, too, when this first thing started. I'm like, okay, I don't want to backslide. Because the first thing I saw from social media, people I follow was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And right away, people started talking about eating more and starting about being in their houses and stuck with their kids. Right. And and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be home the first week. Like we, we work from home the first week. And I'm like, okay. And I made adjustments along the way. Anybody that follows me or listens to this podcast knows the adjustments I made. And I battled to stay around the same like it's been a, it's been a hard battle but like even just recently i started doing my morning workouts again now it, i'm doing like boxing videos on youtube now it's not what i'm doing in the gym it's like about half the amount of calories i'm burning but i'm moving again i'm i'm, I'm feeling right. better right. and like you know we're wrestling fans vince mcmahon says move is lube and you know yeah. that's really what i have to keep doing for myself and i'm kind of limited with some stuff because i have arthritis in my knee right and i actually what really caused the big flare up was I was training for a 5k and I was walking more on concrete cause the 5k was on concrete. Right. And my doctor told me that was the worst thing I could have done is because it was wow. the constant pounding on the knee. Wasn't good for it. Oh yeah, man. I probably uh, had I, it I, for a while, but yeah, I mean, listen, like I said yeah. before, I, I have a recently reconstructed meniscus, um, that I had what... surgery on and, um, I was born one foot longer than the other, one leg longer than the other by like an inch and a half. Okay. So I'm constantly like a limp. And I didn't notice it when I was heavy just because everyone just accounts it to being We so waddled anyway. So, yeah, we waddled. Right, we waddled anyway. 
So my hips are all jacked up. My, my, uh, my legs are all jacked up, but I just, I don't let that become the excuse of not to do yeah. it. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, I, the first thing I did was I, you might, it's crazy. That old mentality creeps in. And then I first hurt my knee. I was like, well, you're done now. Yeah. I no, I did. I did that arm bike at the gym. That's what I was doing. I would go do my arm bike at the gym. That thing's awesome. Man. Yeah. Cause I, I couldn't to walk it. It was a lot of pain. I was limping all over the gym and then I could still lift weights. Yeah. Um, and now, and then I had the gel shot treatment where I had like three rounds of gel shots where they shoot gel into your knee. And it's, how was that? It, it's not a hundred percent, but it's, you know, I never was a hundred percent because I, right. I had hurt my knee. I tore my meniscus when I was 16. Right. And I was stupid and I didn't listen to the doctor. I really didn't rehab it that well. Um, I didn't take care of myself. Plus I packed on a lot of weight senior year and on going up. And so I probably had, uh, and they told me when I was younger, cause I had to remove some cartilage that I would have an arthritic knee when I got older. And I just, yeah. I probably brought it on earlier than, than it should. And you know, I, then I got back to, I worked myself back onto the treadmill and I worked myself back into doing 20 minutes, then 25, then right. a half an hour and almost to that full speed again. And then the pandemic happened. So right, right. at the point where I was getting back to where I was, this, this whole thing happened again. And it's like, you know, and I bought resistance bands and I, I didn't like them. Yeah. And I would walk here and there and I would work out here and there and it wasn't consistent. And then I just said to myself last week, I'm like, you know what? Get up at five o'clock, find something you can, you want to do and can do and just go for it. And that's what I did. Yeah, man. That's the best thing you can do. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If it wasn't for this pandemic, um, I definitely would have never walked period. Like, uh, you know, my whole cardio since I started the gym five years ago has actually always been the incumbent bike because yeah. I always gave myself that excuse that, Oh, well you can't walk. You have bad knees. Oh, you can't walk. You have bad asthma. Oh, you can't walk. You can't walk. You can't walk. You can't walk. Well, you know, jokes on me because I could have walked this whole friggin' time. I'm out here, you know, doing <laughs> five miles a day now and I could have been doing this, you know, forever. And I saw you were um, running too, right? Yeah. So, um, I, that started as kind of like a fluke, man. Like I was just so bored with the, um, with the 5k a day and you know, I've always wanted to run. Like I know people, some people are going to listen to this and be like, all right, kid, you never ran before. I want to run. You don't understand. No, I I've never, I, I get never it. ran as a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was doing my walk and then I started to pick up speed. I look like someone out of the eighties power walking and I'm just kind of, <laughs> kind of doing my thing. And then I was like, you know what? Go for it. Try, try to trot a little bit. So here I am trotting like a Budweiser horse <laughs> and I'm going down the block and people are looking out the window like, Hey, it is that fatty again. Look at him. He's coming out the block. And, uh, so I'm, I'm doing my thing. And then, you know, slowly that trot became a jog. And then I, next thing I know, I'm down a whole block. I jogged the whole block and I stopped and I was like, Oh wow, that was not bad. Like I could do that. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and then I, I was like, all right, well let me try to record myself and do it. Like, I definitely can't do two things at once, but let me, <laughs> let me see if I can do it. Cause I really want to see if I'm really running or not. So I did it and I was like, wow, I could really do this. So then I was like, all right, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to do, you're going to walk one block and you're going to try to jog one block. And that, that's what we're going to do today. So, I mean, that's what I did. I did that, that whole, the whole 5k, you know, I jogged one block and I walked one block and that's what, you know, I'm still doing it now. It sucks on my knees. I will, I will say that I'm not going to give that excuse. I don't do it a lot because of the yeah. knees. I definitely feel it the next day. But um, it's it's nice to know that I, I can. You know what I mean? The most running I ever did was one time we were in the woods drinking and we got caught by cops. Yeah. And my fat ass was running out of the woods <laughs> and that was it. 
And if the cop really wanted me, he would have got me, believe me. Like, I was not running fast. Once the uh, gyms open back up and you can get on a treadmill, it's going to be so much better for your knees. Um, Because that's the the only thing that feels good on my knees. Like, I've done the, you know, a track at my old high school. That really, it still bothered my knees. And the, oh, the only other place that actually doesn't really bother me that much, I walked to Preserve at uh, Norman J. Levy in Merrick. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're a Long Island guy, local South yeah. Shore guy. So if you ever want to go there, it's a nice walk. It's like, yeah. I think the whole thing around is like four miles. Oh, From the nice. beginning all the way to the top, then all the way back down again is around four miles. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, so it's just it's a nice. You can actually jog a little bit, walk a little bit, and when you go to the top on a clear day, you can see the city skyline. You turn around, there's Jones Beach, wow. and you can see like the Nassau County Medical. You see, it's a really nice view. And like when I was a kid, that was the dump. Yeah. So it's kind of weird now that it's a, it's, it's a, a nature yeah, preserve, no, and they got goats. Got, I gotta check that there's out. Goats there? You like goats? There's goats, really? Yeah, goats there. Yeah, one wow. tried to eat my shirt. Wow. Yeah, wow. I like goats. Yeah. Goats are good. A little salt, a little pepper, they're good. They're good, delicious. That's, that's what yeah. I do. Bring some bread, you walk out, you know. <laughs> a friend of mine, we do the roast at the comedy clubs, and one of the roast jokes uh, this comedian Joe Starr told about me, he said, it's back when I was in my heavier days, he goes, I'm not going to say that Anthony Domenico is hungry, but last night I saw him walking to a petting zoo with a hammer and a loaf of bread. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's fantastic. So, I mean, yeah, so that's, I would maybe think about it with, with the whole goat thing. So you, you, uh, I've seen that you got into the podcasting game yourself. I have, um, that, that has been a really, really fun, interesting journey to be honest with you. Uh, so way before the pandemic hit, yeah, like very, very much way before the pandemic hit. Uh, I think actually almost last summer, uh, I had gotten, um, you know, I, I had linked up with somebody on Instagram, uh, my my now business partner, David Roden, fit underscore D-Rock on Instagram. I'll give him a little plug. How are you? Um, we kind of met. I actually did his podcast just, you know, just as I'm doing yours. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in the middle of us recording, he kind of just cut the tape and was like, hey, I know this is really weird, but um, I really would like to start a podcast with you. I was like, all right, you know, I've never... I never really thought of myself as someone who was going to do a podcast. I mean, not to like toot my own horn or anything like that, but I was just so used to being the guest on a podcast yeah. and not so much the host of a podcast. I mean, I could talk, I could talk my head off, you know, <laughs> you want to, you want to make this thing last four hours. We can go all night. <laughs> but, um, I never, I never saw myself as that guy who was going to be the host. So I was like, yeah, you know, I, I would definitely kind of be down. You know, we talked about it. The more we talked about it, the more I was interested The reason why I was so interested is because it wasn't just going to be a podcast. We were really – we're shaping this up to be a a business. Okay. So basically um, it's called the Accountable Life Group uh, and basically it is for people who are looking for a solid core group of people with like-minded goals and you know just – so you know a group that they can rely on each other. You know what I mean? And I think that that's really what's missing in this in, in this world right now, especially in the weight loss atmosphere. Um, I'll be honest with you. If you look at my my Instagram, you'll be like, oh, this kid loves social media. I hate social media. I can't stand social media. In the Instagram weight loss community, I cannot stand social media. Yeah. Why? Everyone puts on a front. You think wrestling is full of gimmicks? My man, you need to scroll through weight loss Instagram. <laughs> oh, believe and me. I, will, I, I've been, I, I, I see that. Yeah. And that's no knock to anybody. I love you all. You're all great people, but I can't take the fakeness. I can't take a lot of the things that I see on, you know, weight loss Instagram. 
So me and him, we put our heads together. We decided to start this company. Um, you know, we made an online server, you know, to what I like to call the uh, anti-social media, social media. Basically, you just you leave your, your bull crap at the door. I don't care who you are on Instagram. I don't care who you are on Facebook. You leave that at the door when yep. you walk in. Everyone's created equal. And we all we all have goals. We all have that drive. And we all need to count on each other. So, you know, we've been doing this. I think the the podcast is uh, maybe three months old now. Okay. And where can they um, where can they find that? You can find that literally anywhere where you like to listen to podcasts, okay. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. We actually do a supplement video. We record video and then, you know, we break down the audio and yeah. So you can find us. Uh, it's the Accountable Life Group or you could just find us under ALG. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, and if, they, if they want to follow you on Instagram, uh, where could they do that? You can find me on Instagram at JARPS, J-A-R-P-S underscore journey. And uh, I spend a good amount of my time on there, so yeah, feel very, free to very, you know, very inspirational page. Um, Thank you. I, we, we've just been following each other for a little bit, but absolutely a great page. I've been scrolling back and looking at your stuff. Very inspirational. And like Thank I said, like I, you know, think back to when I was around that age, you know, because I was heavy my whole life, and um, I was over four hundred pounds at twenty three years old, and yeah, <laughs> I had lost one hundred and fifty from twenty three to twenty five. But I never changed that head. I never changed my head. And I, that's why I see it now. I'm like, thank God he, he did it. Like, you know, it's almost like looking back, wishing I could tell myself the same thing to stick with it, hang with it. But, you know, you did it, man. 272 pounds down. That's, that's, that's amazing. It's an incredible feat. And um, that, it's awesome that you're going after those goals. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, actually, before you wrap this up, because I feel like you are going to wrap this up, oh, yeah, I do want to ask you. <laughs> I do want to ask you a very important question. Okay. I would actually love for you to be a guest on the ALG podcast. I would love to. Absolutely love to be a guest. It's awesome. So we are definitely off air. We'll uh, set that up, and that'll be a good yeah. conversation. Absolutely. Well, John, thank you so much for, for joining me today on the WWE podcast. Thank you, my um, man. This was an awesome, awesome, awesome show. And uh, yes. I just want to thank all you guys for tuning in. And once again, if you guys want to follow John, go follow him, JR's Journey, on, on Instagram. All right, everybody, that was episode 131 of the WW Bro Podcast with me, your host, comedian Anthony DiDomenico. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Insta on Facebook Live. But as always, you can listen to the podcast at www.bropodcast.podbean.com as well or on iTunes. Five-star rate and review. I want to see them. I want to read them. We are played in and out each week by Hollow and their single, Something to Believe. My best friend Nick wrote this song. Go check it out. Go download it. And also, while you're there, check out his new band, Demon Scar. Download their stuff as well. They're putting out new songs, new material through this whole pandemic. So definitely go check that out. Only one place to go for your deli needs. That's Finn's Deli, 4646 Merrick Road in Massapequa. Tell my brother Mike you heard the plug on the show and get yourself an Uncle Cheese. It's the best sandwich on Long Island. Definitely go check that out. Finn'sDeli.com. You want to follow me on Instagram at Comic Anthony D, the podcast at WW Bro Podcast. Once again, I want to thank everybody for joining us on Facebook Live and everybody at home listening on your podcast listening devices. I will see you guys next week, except for you Patreon members. Become a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash WW Bro Podcast. I'll catch you guys on Wednesday. Have a good one, everybody.